Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Irish NFL show with me, Cullum Cronin. And today I am thrilled to be joined by someone who will be familiar to uh, people on this side of the Atlantic. There is a sizable a Giants uh, fan contingent, I, I can tell you. Uh, it is uh, Madeline Burke who covers the, the Giants, does the, the post game, also has a morning show on Amazon Prime Video. Very welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. It's a pleasure. I have to ask, given the the surname, um, do you have Irish heritage? Have you ever been to this little green island? I have never been to Ireland, but it is on my list because I absolutely have Irish heritage. My dad's name is Jimmy Burke, which is a very you know Irish name as well. And uh, yeah, the the Burks and the Earlies, lots of Irish heritage in the family. I just haven't yet made the pilgrimage back. Well, hopefully at some point in the the not too distant future. And um, if I can take you back, I suppose in terms of like, because right, you know you are journalist, broadcaster, storyteller. What was that, you know, was that something you were always interested in? Was that curiosity around people or what led you into what you're doing now? Curiosity, I think is a good way of putting it. Absolutely. But I also, I loved to write when I was younger. I always loved writing. And when I was looking at what my preferred vocation would be, that was what really drew me in. And so that kind of created this path towards journalism but you know as things often do it took many turns of its own and um ended up in the form of it that I'm in now but I yeah I was you know I like high school newspaper and I wanted to go to call I went to Arizona State and uh and they have a pretty good journalism school out there and I thought this will be a great opportunity for me to write and when I was in my sophomore year of, of college, ESPN Monday Night Football came out to Arizona and they were putting on this big, uh, you know, Monday Night Football event. They were hiring people from the journalism school to come and say, hey, you know, do you want to come carry the cable? Essentially, you know, you watch a game and you see the guy running down the sideline with the camera and then someone behind him making sure nobody trips over the cable. So myself and about, you know, thousands of other journalism students were like, I would love to do that. Let me carry the cables. Um, So I didn't get the job, did not get the job. But uh, I sent a thank you note after the rejection note saying, hey, thank you for considering the journalism school. If there's ever another opportunity, I would love to, you know, get my foot in the door. And the next day I got a call from a man named Joel Edwards who said, listen, never been thanked for rejecting someone before you were on the short list anyways but it was a numbers game but instead why don't you come and work in the production office with us help get talent to and from the set kind of do a little bit of the logistical production coordination of monday night football with us as a pa and a runner that's like absolutely so i did that 
It was an iconic game, Bears-Cardinals. The Bears won without any offensive touchdowns. Denny Green had a meltdown at the podium afterwards. He won a crown of crown of, we let him off the hook. And I thought, this is what I need to do. I want to be around this all the time. And now, now here I am. I love the fact that, you know, talk about serendipity, all all based off of uh, sending uh, sending that note and, you know, talked, I suppose, in relation to how you got into it. But you had the, you've had it, and you mentioned it in the opening, it, it has been a, a journey which has had a, a couple of different spots. Uh, you know, you, you've covered the, the college game. Um, I know you did a little bit around kind of basketball. I mean, you have an interest in all sports, but I suppose... In terms of maybe the the college side of things before you came to um, New York, well, in in like we don't get to see that much college ball over here. It is something where in August we will wel- welcome Notre Dame. They're going to take on Navy, so we get the week zero game. But generally during the the year, I suppose we don't get to to see it. So we get to see those athletes when they come into the NFL. For you, like covering the the college game in particular, I'm wondering how how does it differ from covering the NFL? There's so many more people. There are so many more people at the college level, um, and that's one thing. But also the sport. Oftentimes, you know, especially around the draft, we look at college to pro comparisons, and I think it gets lost how just how different the sport of football is from college to the NFL. I mean. Starting with the very basic element, the actual ball they use is a different ball. So, I mean, it's a similar shape, similar size, but it's a different ball. The the hash marks on the field, you know, the marks in the middle, they're wider. So it's different geometry. The routes are different. You know, there's so much that is just slightly different from the college level to the pro level, plus the schemes, the, the scoring. I mean, college football, you'll have scores in the 40s, the 50s on a regular basis. and That's nothing to scoff at. Whereas the NFL, you know, at 21 to seven games seems like, all right, that was a good one. Right. Um, it's just a, it's just a very different ball game and a different schematically, but you know, it's much like, you know, it's a, it's not, not necessarily a minor league, but it is a league for a lot of athletes to show what they can do and get into the NFL. And there are a lot of talented NFL play or talented college football players that just don't translate in the NFL because their skill set is more suited for the college game. And vice versa, there's some kind of middling college players that'll turn out to be Hall of Famers in the NFL because their skill set is more suited. So there's just these slight and subtle differences in the game, but um, but it makes for you know makes for a good change. And in terms then of um, the the work with the Giants, how did that opportunity come about? Oh my gosh! Well, I had moved to New York for another job. Actually, I moved out here. In 2015, when sports betting was all the rage and FanDuel at the time, they were looking for someone to do, you know, daily fantasy content about NFL and NBA, which are my two strong suits. I mean, you mentioned I worked in the NBA, I worked for Clippers for five years. Um, I did, you know, married of other things. So I, I took that job, moved out here for that and, you know, did a lot of, um, Football, basketball, NBA, uh, serious radio show, and and whatnot. But this is also in the early days of sports betting in America, and a lot of people were raising eyebrows, like, "Is this legal? Is this gambling? Can we do this?" And one of those people was then the Attorney General of New York, who later was like, 
listen, this might not be legal, so we're going to have to shut it down. And so I had moved from Los Angeles to New York, across the country, uprooted my life, and suddenly it's like, thanks for coming. You don't have work. And so I, it really is one of those, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere cities. And I just started putting things together and working at various different outlets. And I found my way through um, an introduction through a, a dear friend and a woman who represented me at the time, but Perry introduced me to my uh, now boss of the Giants and said, hey, he's looking for someone to do uh, some programming with them and got in the door there in 2016 and, and the rest is history and I've been kind of building with them ever since. And it's been great. I mean, that organization is such a treat to be a part of it really does feel like such a family and there are so many people who have been there for so long and have seen so many iterations of the giants walk in the front door and you've got the four lombardis on the left in the glass case and there's so much history and um pride in in what it takes to be part of the giants organization so it's been cool and, and watching them evolve over the years there have been some rough years in my tenure there, that's for sure. But um, but last year was a really good one, and I think they're building they're building something really special with Joe Shane at the, at the GM and Brian Dable as the head coach and the, the entire staff they've got in place. So I'm uh, I'm feeling very lucky to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, what an incredibly storied franchise, and obviously they have the the Irish connection. And um, my my host, my co-host on the the Irish NFL show, Brian is a, is a massive Giants fan. And it would be remiss of me, and I know he wouldn't forgive me, because during your time there, Eli Manning was obviously there. And, um, you know, what was uh, what was Eli like off the field? We obviously got to see Eli on the field and so many memorable moments throughout his career. We get to see him now, you know, with his brother, um, you know, on the Manning cast. But when you were kind of working with Eli, what, what was he like? Eli is Eli. I think what what people are now experiencing of Eli Manning, whether it be on the Manning cast or the Eli Manning show or many of his other uh, verticals, is actually who he is and always has been. But he was a lot more guarded or not, maybe not necessarily guarded, but deliberate with what he showed to people while he was like quarterback for the Giants. Because, I mean, the New York market is a tough one and he wanted to make sure that he didn't give anyone any opportunity to... Um, you know, perceive him in any other way than a consummate professional, which he absolutely was. He's also very well known for his practical jokes. And, you know, in the days of before the iPhone and Face ID, he'd go into guys' phones and like switch the language to Russian or, uh, you know, misplace their dry cleaning and things like that. He's just a total practical joker and um, and a treat to be around and just a gem of a human. And I'm I'm just grateful that now that he's retired from the game, then he's showing that side of him because it is such he's such a witty and charismatic and funny guy that um and always has been yeah no I, but i guess we didn't get to see it for so long especially when you're removed from it because you know what what we saw if you weren't within it may probably giants fans probably knew it because they got to see it a little bit more maybe yeah. I, i'm just thinking certainly as a broncos fan uh my my memory is he, Peyton's winning the Super Bowl. The camera cuts, obviously, for the family. Archie's everyone was enjoying life, and and Eli's kind of stony faced, and, and that's how people. He had this kind of caricature, yeah. and now he obviously he's he's nothing like that. And how how common is that, Madeline? That the what we see of players like during their career is not really who they are, and it's only 
outside of the the sport that they they kind of really come to life i think it's just kind of a human nature thing right like especially being in the in the public eye i mean you've got this podcast and i'm sure all the listeners and the viewers feel like they know they know you through it but they know a part of you they know what you let them see right and i think a lot of these athletes are a lot more mindful and deliberate of, okay, let me make sure that this part of me that I feel comfortable letting everyone see right now, especially as it pertains, because you know how things can go, right? When things are going well and you're winning, and as Sean O'Hara calls it, in vitamin W, if winning is happening, everything is great. But if teams start losing and a quarterback is playing a practical joke on somebody, then suddenly that's going to be frowned upon and this and that, and it, it will just be made so much bigger than it needs to be so i i think it's more of a um deliberate way of saying okay you know what here's the part of me that i'm willing to share with you right now but now that the game's behind me and a lot of these guys are in their retirement it's like all right this is who i really am it always happened and like you mentioned the resting eli face so you know it becomes a demonic or a precious little like kind of huh but it really is it's just and i I suppose um, outside of Eli, I'm wondering, you know, are there kind of particular moments that um, stick out to you from your time covering the Giants? I mean, we, we've had the good fortune of um, having um, one of your, your colleagues, Brendan Love, on the, the show a couple of times. And when the Giants were in London, he came on our, our live show from the, the stadium. Um, so he was sharing some of the stories, but I'm wondering for you, are there things that stick out from the years? Oh gosh, there's so many. And you know, Brandon Lennon and I came into this role together. He is like my work brother and I adore that man so much. Um, he, uh, yeah, he and I have done so many different shows and iterations of these shows throughout the years. There have been so many things. I mean, I, you know, I think back, um, you know, obviously Odell. Odell was a lightning bolt and and such a joy to work with and a, a big spark plug in that locker room. And he was such a consummate professional that he he wants to win so badly. And being around that energy and the way that he inspired a lot of the younger guys coming in, I thought was really cool. Um, you know, seeing this team this most recent year going through, I mean, all the adversity they've been through prior five years and then coming in new coaching staff kind of riding the ship and starting off this season a couple wins in a row and everyone's kind of raising eyebrows like okay this is fun it's nice to get some wins but it feels kind of like we stole a couple you know it took a little while for the organization even the players that had been around for some years to really feel at ease of okay this this is happening we can actually expect to win some of these games again and watching this team build towards a postseason birth and having that energy and that excitement around the organization again for the first time since 2016 when they went and uh they lost the first round of the Packers at Lambeau it's just a whole different energy and then now this time of year you know got the schedule release coming out tomorrow a couple games are trickling out the Giants are going to be playing the Eagles on Christmas Day which will be a big matchup there's going to be a lot of you know, marquee attention once again on this franchise, which it, it is well deserved because they've got a lot of talent and they're building the right direction. Gosh, there have been so many moments I can't even, I can't even pinpoint. Yeah, 
And I suppose that that the the change last year, the 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 change in energy. I mean, we had the good fortune of talking to um Joe Shane last summer. Uh, I think it was around about July. And already at that point, um, he you could sense the the confidence and the belief in himself, his his belief in Brian Dable, um, and that they were building something. Now he didn't make any grandiose pronouncements. That's not his way. But you could sense like he was, you know, he was all business. And and we saw that kind of throughout the, the season, the way the Giants overcame the injuries time and time again. And we obviously saw Brian Dable pick up coach of the year. You get to see them, you know, up close and, and much. We get to see like they, you know, that they obviously, at least publicly, um, they, you know, they are very close. And that's what you want in your head coach and your GM. Is that what you see day to day in the building? I do. I do. I mean, the two of them worked together for years in Buffalo. They have a lot of respect for one another. Joe Shane is, is you know, has been kind of a man in waiting in, in Buffalo for years and has been very hands-on in the GM process. So when he got this role with the Giants, it, he was ready. He was suited. And then Brian Dable, who's been a coach, an assistant coach in the NFL for 22 years and has won multiple Super Bowls, won a national championship with Alabama, has won at the highest level in various roles. And so having been around it for so long, it was like, yeah, of course he's ready for that head coaching role. And the one thing that I think stands out about Brian Dable as a head coach that I've seen, I, you know, and being around the Giants organization for the past several years and the turnover that they've had in coaching, being around, you know, the NBA and seeing turnover and coaching, being around sports in general, one thing that I noticed is a lot of times when a coach comes in and it's a first time head coach, coach getting their very first head coaching opportunity, many of these people will try to say, this is what a head coach does. This is how a head coach talks. This is what a head coach conducts himself as such and, and will act in that manner rather than what I think that really sets Brian Dable apart as this is Brian Dable and this is Brian Dable as a head coach, which is exactly the same person. And a lot of the players who worked with him and, and been coached by him at previous organizations set a similar sentiment that he is so authentically himself. He's not trying to be, you know, I mean, he's worked with Bill Belichick. He's worked with Nick Saban. He's not trying to be either of them. He's trying to be himself and bringing the lessons and the tactic that he's learned from these other coaches to that spot. But that authenticity really resonates with a lot of the players and he's, you know, a fun, personable guy who will pull you aside in the hallway and do a card trick, but he's also going to be a hard nose and will call you out if needed. And that balance demands, you know, respect from the players, but also gives a lot of likability and he's created a really strong culture so far, only a year into the role. So um, yeah, I can definitely see a lot of success coming from this duel. And, you know, and Joe Shane talking about it too, you know, when you, when you're building a roster, oftentimes there's some dis, uh, disagreement between whether it's ownership or the front office and coaching, but Joe Shane understands that, that cohesion needs to exist because say he really likes a player and the coach doesn't. And he says, well, too bad. I'm going to draft this player. Anyway, say it's a wide receiver. Just a hypothetical. If he drafts a wide receiver, he's like, I like this wide receiver. And the coach is like, I don't know. I prefer this other one. He drafts one he likes. Every day in practice, the wide receiver drops the ball. See, I told you you should have gone with my guy. See, I told you that was the wrong choice. And so I think Joe Shane understands those 
elements and those dynamics and saying that they all have to be on the same page in building this, not here's the players that you should have and, and, and go make that work. And the, the collaborative effort from not just, you know, Joe and Dave's, but also Wink Martindale and the defensive coordinator and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator and the skill position um, coaches who are saying, this is what I need. These are the ingredients I need to really cook what I want to cook. And it's coming together. No, it certainly seems to be. And um, I, I suppose, look, cornerbacks get a lot of the attention. But another group of guys who um, maybe are put themselves in the spotlight uh, because of um, their characters are the guys on the defensive line, and be they edge rushers or, or be they um, defensive tackles. I'm thinking Von Miller, J.J. Watt, Chris Jones. And the Giants have that now in Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. And we got to see uh, Dexter last year in London and certainly one of the more engaging players at the podium. He kind of regaled us with tales of um, getting going out and getting fish and chips. And even though he got two large portions, he found them very small in comparison to New York-sized portions. He He's a guy just signed a new contract. We know he can be a game wrapper. What's he like in the building that week? Where to begin with Dexter Lawrence? I oh my gosh, that man is a, is a ball of sunshine. You know, he's got this big smile on his face all the time. He's got this little giggle that is so like the the juxtaposition of this like large three hundred twenty something pound man and his little giggle that he like is getting away with is, is hilarious. But he's the type of guy that when he came into this league, you know, he and his Clemson teammates were all very close. Uh, they all had this Power Rangers thing going on, and Dexter Lawrence is very proudly the pink Power Ranger, the pterodactyl of the group. Um, but that nickname has kind of paled in comparison to the one that he's really leaning on, which is Sexy Dexy. And he will call himself Sexy Dexy. He's got his his Twitter handle is Sexy Dexy. I um, I've tried very hard to like be one of the people at the forefront of like, let me help make this happen. But I cannot with a straight face just say, oh, sexy dancing because people, I'm sorry, what? But it's so great. And he's got his little sack dance with the, this, it's hard to do. I don't know. He's just, he's such, uh, such a treat. And he and Leonard Williams have this great buddy, buddy friendship, um, which has been really phenomenal, not just for the chemistry on the field, but just the two of them and what they built um, in the interior of that line. And then, you know, getting guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, another big personality to add to that defensive line and really showing that up. But Dexter Lawrence got his big contract, as he mentioned, got a contract extension. So if he's going to be with the Giants for the foreseeable future, he's got a New York Giants tattoo, like the NY logo right here on his bicep that he got on his rookie year. And I remember saying to him, like, all right, that that's certain that this is, this is it, right? It's like, I hope so. And so really happy to see the organization commit to him because especially under Wake Martindale's defense, Dex has just shined incredibly. They really found a way to, because he's huge, but he's fast and he's athletic. And, you know, we saw, I remember what was it? He chased down Baker Mayfield last year and people are saying, how did that man get there faster than he did? Um, He's a really special player, but a really special person as well. And just such a, such a light and a positive presence to be around. And you mentioned, I suppose, the, the schedule um, release and the fact, obviously, that the Giants will take on the Eagles in a huge divisional matchup on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully a more competitive um, game than my Broncos uh, 
had against the, the Rams last year on Christmas Day. But all the fixture I think that an awful lot of people obviously want to see is the, the Giants-Jets because Aaron Rodgers has arrived in the New York market and you referenced it earlier on. What has that been like? Because he's there a few weeks now. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because right now it's obviously some downtime, but, you know, he was out on the field practicing with the Jets. The Jets' social media team was putting up some clips, some clips of that. And just seeing Aaron Rodgers practicing football in May is something we have not seen for years, Colm. And that is just a testament to how invested Aaron is in just making this happen and making this next chapter of his career work, which is, you know, it's interesting. We've seen this story before of a Hall of Fame Packers quarterback, Brett Favre, taking his talents to the New York Jets and it not necessarily working out. But that Jets roster is in such a better position and they were a quarterback away. Getting Aaron Rodgers is going to be great. He's been out on the town. He was, you know, at a Knicks game recently because the Knicks are in the playoffs. He was at a Rangers game recently. The Rangers were recently in the playoffs. They got knocked out really embracing this New York life and uh it's a good time to do it now that the schedule is you know or the records are all zero zero and nobody's losing just yet and things are going well and it'll be interesting to see how things go when the season starts you mentioned you know, Giants Jets are gonna have a regular season matchup this year and I would anticipate with both of these teams having you know playoff hopes and playoff implications that it would probably come later on in the season although some of my colleagues are hoping for an early, you know, week one. But I don't know. We usually see Giants-Jets the preseason. This year, regular season matchup, I would imagine it being more in the mid to late part of the season when things are really heating up around the playoff race. Yeah, certainly be very interesting to to see that and how, again, uh, things go in Brian Dable's second season. Um, Madeline, I, I really appreciate that the time you've given, and I know obviously I mentioned the Giants fan base that is over here. Um, but if there are people who you know want to to hear more of your work, um, where can they go about doing that? Absolutely. Well, um, Giants.com. Our uh, our Giants post game show will also be streaming on Giants.com and on YouTube, and we've got a lot of shows, and then. We'll have some training camp shows coming your way as well when that gets going in late July. But in the interim, I also host a morning show on Amazon on Prime Video called Bonjour Sports Talk. We talk about everything from football to NBA to Aussie rules football and cricket and whatnot. Um, and and just social media, you know, the World Wide Web column. It's all over the place. So uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. It's my name Madeline Burke. I'll make sure to put those in the liner notes. And also, in terms of your morning show, um, we've got some great sports here in Ireland, Gaelic football and hurling. I think we should uh, definitely consider um, cover- covering those. It's a great time of the year as well, May, June, to, to come on over. So open invitation to visit this little great island. I love it. I love it. I'll have to let you know when I get over there and uh, check out some curling matches. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Colin.